Peça. This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour open-line talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. To express your viewpoint, please call 804-754-1988. That's 804-754-1988. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. Are Christians on the persecution list? Yes, even in America. We're going to be asking that question here today on Viewpoint. I'm glad that you've joined us. This conversation, as always, with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms. And today, friends, we need to be aware of what is going on. I have in front of my hands here a series of, oh, I would say, 40 articles, 40 articles that all deal with the issue of persecution of Christians in one way or another around the world, and yes, in the United States of America. Here is a headline that comes in the last, uh, well, it came last month, Dangerous for Christians. That's the headline. One nation looks to severely punish truth-telling. Now, what kind of a nation would you think that would be? North Korea? Saudi Arabia? China? Iran? No, it's Australia. Australia has joined the list of nations around the globe where people soon will be banned from expressing their opinions on a long list of issues, all coming under the mantle of misinformation or disinformation. It's amazing what could be done under those titles, misinformation and disinformation, and it all depends on viewpoint, doesn't it? Your viewpoint, their viewpoint, a government's viewpoint, an organization's viewpoint, and your viewpoint. And if they differ, then your viewpoint, by definition, becomes misinformation or disinformation. So if a government determines what is going to be deemed acceptable or not acceptable in terms of truth or in terms of that which they're going to tolerate or accept, then anything else, by definition, becomes unacceptable. And if it's unacceptable, then those who deliver that information or purport to believe that information are themselves unacceptable. Now, the interesting thing about this is that in almost every instance, the most unacceptable things are from those who profess to be Christians. That's correct. Now, one might say, well, it's not because of Christian persecution. It's because they don't like your position with regard to the LGBTQ issue, with regard to abortion, with regard to COVID, with regard to COVID jabs, with regard... You can name all of the other different woke kind of positions that have developed in our world, particularly in the Western world. So persecution in the Western world is taking on a very different aspect than the persecution that we normally think of in countries like North Korea and Yemen and Sudan and so on, where persecution is absolutely rampant in violent ways against Christians. But there are different kinds of violence. Some violence is physical. Some violence is mental. Some violence is economic. Some violence makes things illegal that otherwise would be legal in normal situations. 
And so what we're looking at here is a whole new realm or genre of persecution. So in Australia, they are presented as a measure to protect Australians from false, misleading, or deceptive information or from information intended to cause serious harm. So there's a bill that actually is a dangerous attempt to gain control and limit freedom. Is the entire world now targeting Christians for destruction, asked this article. The measure is especially dangerous there in Australia for Christians who want to express an alternate view to woke culture on gender and sexuality and for those who want to speak out against abortion. So the bill there in Australia, based on providing the media watchdog, the Australian Communications and Media Authority, with the power to strictly regulate what they interpret as harmful information and expression on online platforms like social media. Now, it goes without saying, then, that as Christians, we don't hate those with alternate views. But we do believe that disagreeing and loving can coexist, and at times, it's loving to disagree. However, that viewpoint is not tolerated. So, there are strong elements of our culture who label or our disagreement or us pointing out the issues that we have with gender theory or abortion as hate or harmful. So the plan there in Australia is for the government to define what it refuses to tolerate, and it could order digital platforms to keep records of offenses, like the statements that you make if you were in Australia. Is this democracy? No, it's just the opposite. It's a new form of theocracy under the banner of the absolute empirical power of secularism. So the government claims misinformation is content that is false, misleading or deceptive, that is shared or created without an intent to deceive, but can cause and contribute to serious harm. From whose viewpoint? Where is the harm? Well, the harm is going against what the government has decided to accept. And therein lies the problem. And fines are specified to range up to $6. million. And oddly enough, the bill claims it would have no role in determining truthfulness. Are you beginning to get the picture? Today on Viewpoint, we're going to be talking about this in some measure of depth. And the reason I'm doing this, friends is because the Lord has put on my heart in the last couple of months the need to address what you and I are to do when persecution comes. And by the way, that's the title of my new book that's going, it's in the process of being written, When Persecution Not. Not if persecution comes, but when persecution comes. Because as the scripture says, Jesus himself said, that if you follow me, you will be persecuted. The Apostle Paul said, all who live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Now, there are many ways that you can suffer persecution. You don't have to necessarily be suffered persecution because you're a Christian. You can suffer persecution as a secularist or as a non-believer just because you happen to agree with biblical positions regarding abortion or with regard to uh, uh, same-sex marriage or any of those kinds of things. Those are social issues. But you see, the social issues 
have become the defining characteristic of what we're going to believe in the Western world. And almost the positions, the governmental positions on the social issues in almost every Western country are anti-biblical, which means they are by definition anti-Christian. Therefore, the majority of those people who hold those positions that the governments of the Western world are increasingly and antagonistically against are actually Christian believers. So on Viewpoint here today, we're going to be talking about that, and I wanted to let you know in advance that I am working now on a very special book for you and for all professing Christians in our country and around the world when persecution comes. We'll be right back. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Back to Viewpoint, I'm Chuck Chrismeyer. Today we're talking about what to do, how to identify what persecution really looks like. And is it something that we really need to deal with? You see, as I'm preparing uh, this new book, I've written the first a couple of chapters, and uh, I'm feeling increasingly that indeed God has moved upon my heart to write this book at this unique period of time. We cannot wait. Because to wait is not to be is to be well not to be forearmed, not not to be forewarned is not to be forearmed. So God's people need to be forewarned, and there are many who don't want to admit, just cannot bring themselves to admit that in yes, even the United States of America, the land of the free, the supposed home of the brave, that indeed we're becoming the land of only the brave because of persecution. And persecution is rising in very, very strong and anti-biblical ways. In fact, the very fact of persecution is anti-biblical when it's directed to Christians. But the interesting thing is that it's not necessarily coming in a direct attack on Christians per se, but in an indirect attack so as to make it seem like it's not a religious thing, it's just, well, these are just social issues. No, they're not just social issues, because they're issues that God has spoken about absolutely without question. Without question. So what is really happening? Let's look at it honestly. Most of these things have to do with some aspect of our sexual relationships, except for the issue of racism, CRT, and so on. But for the most part, almost all of the issues, directly or indirectly, connect with some sort of sexual behavior, whether it has to do with abortion, that's a result of sexual behavior, normally as a result of uh, unwed pregnancy, and uh, pre 
marital sex, uh, and so on, and and divorce. Those are the two primary uh, driving forces of unwed pregnancy and fatherlessness in our country. Fatherlessness, by definition, is anti-biblical. God hates fatherlessness. And he hates fatherlessness because of what it happens. It defiles his creation ordinance. It defiles his very created purpose for the for humanity, led by a man at the top, a woman as his helpmate, and then the children who are to honor and obey their parents in the Lord, for this is right, the first commandment with promise. It all begins with marriage. God performed the first marriage, and he said, what I have joined together, man must not put asunder. So what do we do? We put it asunder. So starting back in 1968 in the Western world, particularly in America, in California, the then governor of California, Ronald Reagan, passed the No Fault Divorce Act, which he said later was the worst thing he ever did. He admitted it. It has had echoing consequences, vast echoing consequences, not just in our country as a whole, but in the church. So that for the past 20 years or so, the divorce rate in the Bible Belt of America has exceeded the nation as a whole by 50%. And look at the carnage it has reaped. I could go into substantial details as to the carnage that has reaped. There are no innocent divorces. Neither are there any innocent remarriages when your spouse is still living because God calls it adultery. It's a perversion or a distortion of God's creation ordinance. And when we embrace those things at the social level through our governments or through organizations or through even our churches, we are in fact setting ourselves against the Lord and against his purposes. It's simple. It's very, very simple. It's not complex, as people try to make it out to be. It's very simple. So, that being the case, we see that the attacks are all coming against what seem to be peripheral social issues, but at root are spiritual issues. They're biblical issues, and they are, by definition, against God as creator. That being the case, anyone who embraces God as creator, created by Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, the creator of all things, and by him all things consist, the scripture says, therefore, anyone who embraces Jesus Christ, by definition, must embrace what Jesus Christ stands for, and he is God in the flesh, and therefore, What God the Father decreed in creation and in the creation ordinances was embraced by Jesus because he said, I and the Father are one. If I I do not say anything, I don't hear the Father say. I don't do anything, I don't hear the Father do. Therefore, a true follower of Jesus Christ will follow what God says. By definition, when we don't, we actually find ourselves in contradistinction to the very purposes, will, and ways of God. So we ourselves become persecutors. 
We become persecutors of those who hold fast to God's standards. So a lot of persecution comes within the church itself. We persecute one another. Pastors persecute other people who don't embrace their freewheeling ideas about divorce and remarriage. They do. They don't agree with them, and so they straight-arm them. They don't have to come out in a, a, a boisterous way and persecute them publicly. They just do it. They reject them. You're the problem. You're the odd man out. You see, exactly that same mindset now has been embraced by the secular world against those who embrace biblical standards for life, living, and sexual behavior. So most so-called persecution in the Western world now is arising not through a direct open and notorious attack on Christians per se, but on what Christians believe or should believe. Now, that having been said, uh, this matter of persecution is, uh, it takes on many forms, as we've just seen. In the Western world, it takes on forms other than in uh, Sudan or Iran or Saudi Arabia or North Korea and so on. But what do you make of a statement that comes from a military journalist in Israel today? Here's what he said. He calls religious soldiers in Israel lesions. Not legions, but lesions like cancerous. That's what he's calling them. Cancerous lesions in the Israeli Defense Force. Would you call that? Persecution? Well, when it comes to Israel, we don't use the word persecution, do we? We use the word anti-Semitism. But in this case, it's a, it's a Semite calling those who are embracing the Torah and who are religious practitioners in Israel of the Jewish faith, he's calling them lesions. And he says they need to be cut out, cut out of the Israeli army. You need to get rid, he said, of these lesions. Really? So we see the same kind of thing happening in Israel that's happening in America, that's happening in the rest of the Western world. We see in American colleges and universities a rising, virulent anti-Semitism. That's called persecution of Jews. It's a name used, a specific name used to describe persecution of Jews or of the Jewish faith. So that is a, another element of persecution. Now, how should we understand that? Well, here's how we should understand that. Persecution of Jews and persecution of Christians is exactly what the Bible tells us to expect. In fact, if you go back to the book of Numbers, chapter 24, where the prophet Balaam was uh, bribed 
over and over again to try to curse Israel and bless Moab. And he tried over and over to change God's mind and allow him to curse Israel and bless Moab so he could get all the benefits that were being promised him by the king of Moab. And finally, God had to speak to him through the mouth of a donkey. And he said, no way, no how. So finally, Balaam, the prophet, came out and said, I believe it's in Numbers 24, he said that Israel would never be reckoned among the nations. Oh, my goodness. That, my friends, is one of the most powerful prophetic statements in the Bible. And if we don't understand that, we don't understand the dynamics of what has been taking place ever since and what's taking place even now and why Israel and her leaders want to be accepted they want to be part of the UN. They want to be part of the uh, EU. They want to be part of NATO. They want to be part of these things. And God says, no, I don't want you to be part of them. I have called you apart to be separate. You are not going to be reckoned among the nations. And to the effect, to the extent that you are reckoned among the nations, you're going to be in deep trouble. The problem with that is, they're in deep trouble because they're not recommended, uh, uh, recognized among the nations too. Why are they not recommended or recognized among the nations? Because the nations are in profound envy of a people group who God says was specially chosen by him for whatever reason he chose to, to make them chosen. By the same token, friends, the scripture says, of professing Christians grafted into the original olive tree of Israel that I have cho- you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you bring forth much fruit, right there in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. So, just as the world persecutes Israel, called anti-Semitism, so the world and the spirit of the world, the nations of the world, sometimes in the King James Version of the Bible called the heathen, will persecute true followers of Jesus Christ. As one person put it, as with the Sunday people, so with the Saturday people. As with the Saturday people, so with the Sunday people. The problem with that is that not all Christians worship on Sunday because they realize that the Sabbath was never changed. So we're putting a whole lot of pieces together here on Viewpoint to try to set the stage for our understanding of how persecution comes, what it looks like, and why sometimes it's not as easy to identify as we might think. But how about this? This article came today. Bible studies now banned at American Senior Center. Really? A senior center in Missouri is facing a massive fight after it abruptly halted and banned a Bible study being held by its residents. The situation developed at a senior living center in Missouri after residents had organized and held a weekly Bible study over the course of several months. The meetings were a common area of the facility that is also used for other purposes. The meetings went on without issue, but then the managers claimed that some residents were purportedly offended by the Bible study and canceled it. Really? 
probably maybe one or two. So you notice how the minority always rules the majority in this new system of persecution in our country. Should Bible studies be allowed in senior centers? Absolutely. There is absolutely no legal reason why not. So they're trying to create one, and they're going to lose. But the fact is, the effort to shut down the Bible study is the evidence of the spirit of persecution. And it's rampant. It's growing. So, then we have the new heritage study that just came out. A report reveals systemic persecution of Christians all over the world. It's not just in America, it's all over the world. We'll take a look at that when we get back. Stay tuned, friends. This is Viewpoint. Viewpoint does determine destiny. It really does, as you can see. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, on the front page are two great videos. First, an interview and discussion of Chuck's book, Out of Egypt. Also, a great TV interview with Chuck regarding his book, Seduction of the Saints. Much more videos, a for pastors only section, and also you can view Chuck's weekly teachings. All at his website, saveus.org. That's saveus.org. Also on Chuck's website, listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast. Listen to the archives. Maybe you missed a program. Check it out at saveus.org. Also, there are some great resources, hospitality information, also information about marriage, divorce, and remarriage, newsletters, articles, prophecy, prayer and revival information, all at saveus.org. When we talk about growing persecution, whether it's around the world or in America, by whatever face it puts on, what we're really talking about is the rapidly growing spirit of Antichrist. Now, the spirit of Antichrist has been around a long time. The Apostle John wrote about it. He said there are many Antichrists. He wasn't talking about the Antichrist, the definite article, he's talking about the spirit of Antichrist that is being manifested by various people and situations around the world, and that was 2,000 years ago. But the spirit is growing. As we were told it would, the Bible tells us exactly that it's going. Otherwise, you would never be able to have a figure called the, the Antichrist who would take dominion over the world, or at least the Western world. But he is going to take dominion, and he has to have the requisite spirit being choreographed by the power brokers of the world, whether they be religious or anti-religious, it doesn't really matter. Whether they come in the name of Islam or Hinduism or whatever, you just can't, the spirit of anti-Christ or against Christ or as an alternative to Christ, is growing rapidly. That's why I wrote the book, Antichrist. How to identify the coming imposter. If you don't have the book, I urge you to get a copy of the book because it's going to help you to understand the greater picture. And it's not written like other books about Antichrist. 
Very different. It's not written about sensationalism. Everybody wants a sensational, oh, did, did you hear what I heard? Did you, do, you, do you know the, the Antichrist might actually be and give a name and so on? That's not about that. The Bible doesn't tell us that. But it does tell us his characteristics, and that's what the Bible is about. And if you can't identify his characteristics, you will be seduced. You will be seduced, my friends. You will be seduced. Only a very, very small remnant of people will not. And that remnant of people is not defined by those who claim the name of Christ. It's defined by those who live according to the word, will, and ways of Christ. Because Jesus said, not everyone who says unto me, Lord, Lord, is going to inherit the kingdom of God. Only those who do the will of my Father. That's a very small group of people. How small? I don't know. I hope you're going to be one of them. But even the Apostle Paul said, I don't count myself as even to have only arrived. Did you hear that? The Apostle Paul said in Philippians, I don't count myself as having actually arrived, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forth unto those things that are before in the name of Christ, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Are you doing that? If you're not doing that, friends, you may not be part of the remnant, no matter what somebody tells you, no matter what crusade you walked up to or signed a card or something 20, 30, 40 years ago, if you're not living for Christ, the question is whether you are in Christ. And if you're not in Christ, you're not part of the remnant. It's as simple as that. Now you say, well, that doesn't sound like there's any any grace or mercy in that message. Yes, it is. It's all mercy and all grace because there's no way that any of us can ever attain righteousness on our own merit. No way. The Jews continue to believe they can. That's the problem. That's why they need a temple so they can have their sacrifices again to be cleansed from their sin because right now without a temple, they have no legitimate way under the Torah to be saved, so to speak, or to to have their sins cleansed. No way. They have to have the temple. That's why that's important coming. But for the rest of us, you see, Jew or Gentile who embrace Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Notice I said Lord and Savior. I didn't say just Savior. Lord and Savior. Because if Jesus isn't Lord of all, the question is whether he's Lord at all in your life. Now, you might be persecuted for a variety of things, but you may not be persecuted for the name of Christ. And the Apostle Peter talked to us about the nature of the persecution. If you read in the the, uh, Peter's epistles, 1st and 2nd Peter, you will find that one of the major themes of his epistles is suffering for Jesus' sake. Not suffering for your sake. Not suffering for your stupidity's sake. Not suffering for your arrogancy's sake. For your pride's sake. but suffering for Jesus' sake. Jesus said, Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of things against you falsely for my sake. Think about that. 
We're weaving together a whole lot of things right here on Viewpoint today to set the stage so that we can understand it's going to be probably about a year before this book will come out when persecution comes. It's talking about how to live in victory when violence comes upon us. And it's coming in different ways. We need to know how to live in victory. We need to know how to stand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, to stand, having our loins girt about with truth, don't we? So we're setting the stage for that. I talked about getting the book Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter. $22. We'll put the book in your hands. It's on our website, saveus.org. Saveus.org. Give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA. 1-800-SAVE-USA. Write to us at Save America Ministries. P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. I believe you'll be blessed. But read it slowly. Absorb what it says. It's not a book to be read, uh, read like a novel. But it's written in such a way that you can read it in small sections. That's how I have to read things. And it's broken into small sections so that you can read it in limited amounts of time, but do it. Antichrist, how do I identify the coming imposter? All right, we go to the New Heritage Report revealing systemic persecution of Christians. This just came out last week. The Chinese Communist Party is engaged in systemic persecution of Christians and other religious minorities. We know that. An Asia Studies Center fellow, Michael Cunningham, at the Heritage Foundation has weighed in on the persecution of Christians and why it's important for the U.S. and its allies to address the issue. He said Christianity is booming in China and has been for some time. Estimates range somewhere somewhere between uh, 30 million and 120 million or so there in China. Since taking power, the CCP's atheistic regime has engaged in systemic persecution of Christians and other religious minorities. While China's constitution claims to guarantee freedom of religious belief, religious practice has no such protection. And by the way, the same is increasingly true in the United States. Notwithstanding the First Amendment, religious freedom. Because it's being reinterpreted. Yeah, you're free to believe, you're just not free to practice. And if your practice goes against what we, the government, decide we want to receive, then you're not free. So also in the CCP, Chinese Communist Party, they've gone to great lengths to try to convert or pervert Christian doctrine through a process of so-called sinicization to ensure that churches promote loyalty to the communist regime. So the view of Christian values is seen as a threat to the CCP's legitimacy. This is happening. So how has the Vatican dealt with this? Will Pope Francis decide to play the game? He wants to have fellowship with the Chinese government. So he has decided to allow the communistic Chinese government that is against Christianity to appoint the bishops to the Roman Catholic Church in China. Did you hear that? 
<laughs> it's unbelievable. And he allowed that four years ago, and now they decided to re-up the arrangement. <laughs> oh, my. Yes, indeed. Now, this may come as a surprise to you, but the Biden administration is actually persecuting a European country because of their Christian beliefs. I'm not kidding you, my friend. And Joe Biden is taking the lead. He hates the president of Hungary. Why does Joe Biden hate the president of Hungary? Because the president of Hungary has decided to lead his country as America once was to embrace Judeo-Christian values, principles, doctrines, and so on to guide the country. Joe Biden says, no way, no how. And if you do that, we're going to take away all support from our country. In other words, Joe Biden wants to bribe, threaten Hungary and its president to either conform to Joe Biden's godless administration and viewpoints, or else. How is he doing that? Well, the Biden administration has decided to limit visa waivers for Hungarians. It's about punishing Budapest, the capital, for its stance on gender ideology and transgender rights than due to security concerns about migration or anything else. <clears throat> so last week, the U.S. got announced a massive change to the American visa waiver program that only affects certain Hungarian passport holders. Do you realize, can you believe, friends, that your government, our government, is engaging in massive spiritual persecution with your and my tax dollars? We have a wicked president and administration anti-Christ. Totally. We'll be back. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by His Spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, Behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. Again, when persecution comes, that is the title of, uh, my, that's the working title at least, of my new book that is in process that will probably come out in about a year. Uh, most people, when they read my book, say, wow, Chuck, you're really ahead of your times. The answer is no, we're not ahead of our times. 
we're describing our times before the rest of the people realize how serious the times really are. In other words, God in his mercy and by his grace wants you to know. He wants you to be informed and he wants you to be prepared because to be forewarned is to be forearmed. That's what the Apostle Peter said. He said, look, I'm telling you about these things concerning the suffering and persecution to come because you must be, you must arm yourself with the same armor that Christ armed himself when he had to endure the suffering of persecution. As Jesus said, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. He said that. He said, why do you think you should be different than your master? Of course, there are a lot of professing Christians that don't want to be like their master because they can't comprehend, can't accept the fact that they might be persecuted and endure suffering because in the United States, we don't suffer for anything, do we? No, we're exceptional to everything, even God's promises. We're exceptional to those because we can do our own thing and still reap the promises we think. But God thinks otherwise. And that's why we're in experiencing such horrific problems in our culture today. The whole American culture is breaking down because we are in massive resistance against the Holy Spirit and against the Word of God, even, unfortunately, in many, if not most, of our churches, in one way or the other. So we go back to Hungary. Joe Biden targeting Hungary for a reason. So what is the reason? Matt Schlapp, who is chairman of CPAC, said, Joe Biden and his administration seek to punish Hungary by using every diplomatic tool to persecute them for defending their borders, their families, and their God-given rights. He said Hungary is being singled out by the Biden administration because it stands out as a courageous country of less than 10 million people whose prime minister is willing to tell the globalists that Hungarians will decide what happens in Hungary. In other words, they're not going to conform to the new world order. They're not going to be part of what Joe Biden is trying to facilitate through uh, the World Economic Forum and through the UN to create a one-world government, they're not going to do it. Under Orban's government, Budapest embraces a Christian conservative agenda. They have banned the display of and promotion of homosexuality in books and films accessible by youth. Hmm. Pretty courageous, isn't it? And then, Hungary's conservative government will continue to defy liberal values touted by the United States and Europe, and LGBT rights to protect its national identity. This is another article, Miklos Xantho. Hungary rejects the so-called liberal values to protect national identity. Xantho, who is also director of the Center for Fundamental Rights in Hungary, said, the nation will continue to stand for the three values of God, 
homeland, and family. Did you hear that? God first, homeland, and family. This annoys the, and frustrates the liberal mainstream, not only in Europe, but globally, he said. According to Xantho, the Biden administration and the EU are trying to put a pressure on Hungary to get in line with the so-called European values and liberal values, meaning that we should refuse our Jewish Christian heritage. Is there anything about that you don't understand, friends? Joe Biden and his administration are profoundly anti-Christian. From the heart outward. That's why they hate Donald Trump. Not because he's such a great Christian, but because he has stood like Orban stood in the gap for Americans and said, we aren't going down that globalist uh, line. We're not going to buy into that. No, we're going to create our own country. We're going to preserve our own country with Judeo-Christian values and principles, and we're not going to buy into that. They said, no way, no how. We're already there, and we'll destroy you. That's what it's all about. That's what all these so-called indictments are about, friends. They have nothing to do with legalities. They have everything to do with persecution. It has nothing to do with Republican and Democrat. It has to do with a much, much bigger picture of a global godless order rising to lift up ultimately one man in the name of Satan who will rule and reign until Christ comes to depose him. So, the Hungarian parliament adopted a regulation against gender propaganda. And Xantho said more than 90% of Hungarians refuse gender propaganda in schools and in kindergartens. Did you know the United States government tried to do exactly the same thing in Africa? Under Barack Hussein Obama. Mr. Obama declared that one of the first things, the two things that he was going to do right out of the starting gate when he was inaugurated was to spread abortion and homosexuality, LGBTQ stuff throughout the world, and especially in Africa. And that's exactly what he tried to do. And when he went over there, when he went over there, the leaders of Africa said, Mr. Obama, we will not join your agenda. We are not going to embrace your LGBTQ and abortion and all of those things which are totally anti-biblical, anti-God, and anti-society. And they rebuked him. Now, the same kind of thing is going on in California. We have just received an announcement that California Senate Bill 596 would make it a misdemeanor for any parent, guardian, or other person to cause what they're calling substantial disorder at any public or charter school board meeting 
In other words, the bill aims to criminalize parents to scare them into silence. Silence from what? Dissenting in school districts concerning the move of woke indoctrination of their children. The LGBTQ agenda, which is radically anti-biblical, it is against the creation order of God. God calls it an abomination. He said, I hate divorce, but he called the practice of sodomy an abomination. What do you call it? Was it anti-loving for God to say that? No, it was the most loving thing he could do because he knew what the practice of sodomy would do. It was a perversion and it would pervert the creation order. It would, cre- it would pervert everything. And that's exactly what's happening. And now they want to criminalize anybody. A parent who would even express dissent in a school board meeting and have them arrested and imprisoned or fined. Interesting, isn't it? What do you call that? Isn't that, crim- isn't that persecution under color of law? Absolutely. That's exactly what it is. Now, there are people who may not be Christians who would stand against this law in California. However, when you go to the root of the attack, the root of the attack is not a social attack. It is a spiritual attack, and that's why it is persecution. So, last week, another article came out. Are American Christians on the path to severe persecution for their faith? Absolutely. In an interview with the Washington Times, retired Lieutenant General General Boykin, a former commander of the Delta Force and Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence, said the attacks indicate an increased religious intolerance that could hit closer to home. He warned that Christian persecution is only going to grow unless we wake up. And Boykin isn't alone in his fear that America is plunging toward an increasingly anti-Christian future. A survey conducted by the Public Religion Research Institute found that millions of Christians, including 57% of white evangelical Protestants, say that there is a lot of discrimination against Christians in the United States today. Yet, at least right now, there's a marked difference between the treatment of Christians in many countries abroad and what believers are facing here at home. The intensity of what Christians face here pales in comparison to the depths of persecution suffered by followers of Jesus in many places around the world. But it's still persecution. And it's rising, friends. And when it comes under color of law as protection of certain social agendas that are radically contrary to the word, will, and the way of God as creator, It seems like it comes in on little cat feet, silently, quietly, but it's rising. We we may not be experiencing the slaughterhouse actions of Boko Haram in Nigeria or China's surveillance state to Iran's uh, state-sanctioned crackdown. Yes, there are increasing 
discomforts, inconveniences, and sometimes even social ostracization. And yes, people being deprived of their jobs. And what do you make of the fact that governors around the country decided to order churches closed while they kept bars and strip joints open? What do you call that? Is that just discrimination? Or is that a form of silent persecution? The Christian Post, with another article, just came out last week. Yes, Christians are being persecuted in America, despite what some claim. Might be hard to hear, but it's true. We need to recognize this and prepare for it, because it's going to get worse. A lot of people will say, no, Christians aren't really being persecuted in America. What they mean is they're not being beheaded yet. But there is hostility, ill treatment. So the persecution deniers miss the point. Another article came out last week, Christian persecution increasing in the U.S., growing in North America, downplayed, overlooked, or justified. And some people believe that Christians deserve to be harassed, vilified, or punished for adhering to their religious views. And that's exactly what that writer there in Israel said of those soldiers in the IDF who were practicing Jews. He called them lesions. They need to be cut out like a cancer. Do you check the spirit of this? That's what we're talking about, friend. It's the spirit of Antichrist. It's moving very, very quickly. And you and I need to understand to be forewarned is to be forearmed. The question is, what do we do? That's what I'm writing about in this book, When Persecution Comes. I hope you'll be looking for it. Thanks for joining us here on Viewpoint today. Get a copy of the book, Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter. $22 on our website. It's a 450-page book. I think you'll be blessed. Thanks for joining us. God bless, be a blessing, and become a part of it. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.